It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Good afternoon and welcome to our second hour of a great day for talk radio. Weather-wise, beautiful blue skies, warm temps. Uh, We got away from that hellacious bad weather we had earlier in the week on Monday. And uh, by midweek, you know, it's supposed to get up to like 27, 28 degrees on Friday. The weekend's looking good as well. And then, of course, down south, uh, they're saying that this big hurricane that's uh, now down to a Category 3, but it may stall and dump a lot of water, as we saw with uh, the hurricane that visited Houston two years ago and just drowned the city because the front had stalled and the rain just kept coming and coming and coming and they're potentially foreseeing the same thing here. Uh, Whether or not that comes to pass, we'll keep our fingers crossed. Oh, Donald Trump did weigh in as well. Donald Trump was saying that uh, it would be unwise to underestimate the enormity of what's coming. They haven't seen anything like what's coming at us in uh, 25, 30 years, maybe ever. It's tremendously big and tremendously wet. Tremendous amounts of water. There you go. It's going to be... Big water. Tremendous. Well, Huge water. Apparently, uh, Nancy Pelosi believes that uh, Trump was colluding with the Russians in seeding the clouds, and that's the reason for the big storm headed this way. Well, I don't know if we'll get any of the aftermath. They're saying it's going up the East Coast, and uh, Nova Scotia may have to brace the Maritimes for it. Uh, But the last one, I guess it was Gordon, that came up through the Ohio Valley and whatever. That was the one that we endured for a brief spell anyway, the aftermath of it on Monday. Monday was a busy day. As I was saying earlier in the week, uh, I did play golf in a charity tournament with my friend Ernie Eves, who, by the way, is going to join us for the Wednesday roundtable discussion along with Buzz Hargrove and John turley Ewart after 6 o'clock. It's the Justin Eves Foundation golf tournament that raises money and uh, scholarships for kids with learning disabilities, over 600 so far have uh, benefited from the good work over 23 years. And uh, so we stayed the course and we played the course is what we did in that weather, the sheet rain. It was like playing in Scotland minus the single malt. Well, actually, no, Uh, it was exactly like playing in Scotland, come to think. But this is where uh, we had a good time, notwithstanding the weather. And I was remarking that Monday was a day of a lot of notwithstandings, wasn't it? And uh, the notwithstanding clause being invoked or threatened by Ford has come to pass now in new legislation, Bill 33. It does change things, but uh, it makes a 25-member council. The order of the day and the election going on October 22nd, will all the ducks be in a row? Let's find out how this may impact potential candidates, those who have not filed their papers to this point, Stephen Holliday is the deputy mayor and counselor for Ward 3 at Tobacco Center, and he's joined the Oakley Show at Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Stephen, how are you doing this afternoon? Hey, I'm doing great. It's always great to chat with you on a fine afternoon. Thank and you. you were talking about the storm weather. I know the sun is shining now, but there is a storm brewing at City Hall, I'll tell you. Uh, well, I understand that. Nice segue, by the way. <laughs> so uh, my question to you, though, is are you registered for the 25 or the 47 member council? I was registered for both. Hey, I was out campaigning this afternoon. Uh, That's what we do in this time period. Uh, Regardless of the size of the wards, uh, there's always work to be done. There's doors to be knocked on and people to talk to. And uh, um, I can't let uh, any uncertainty right now disrupt a campaign. You just have to keep moving forward. 
All right, and so uh, this is the new legislation that was tabled earlier today. We were talking last hour with Minister Clark, who is the uh, Minister of Housing. He's the guy who was responsible for the Efficient Local Government Act, and uh, he says the nomination deadline for Toronto Council candidates and school board trustees is going to be extended to two days after the new bill receives royal assent, and uh, he doesn't know exactly when that will be, but it's going to be imminent. And uh, the two-day, will that be a reprieve for some of these people who have not yet filed their papers? I mean, they're kind of twisting in the wind waiting to hear. Yeah, I have to admit, uh, as a candidate, my eyebrows went up when I received an email that said nominations are now closed. And that was earlier this week. Uh, So that meant that uh, if you didn't sign up for the 47 and you didn't sign up for the 25 before the deadline, you were out. And uh, I'm not sure that that would sit well with a lot of people. And I guess it's practical to add a little bit of an extension. But I have to wonder, you know, with six weeks to go before an election, uh, where are these candidates and what are they doing and what do they think they were going to do uh, leading up until now? Well, I would answer that for you because I'm taking a real educated guess here based on some intel I'm getting from certain reliable sources. They were waiting to see if it was going to be 25, so they didn't want to contest against each other. So they were going to uh, position themselves strategically, many of them. Yes, I understand that. But uh, in any case, you know, to have a successful campaign, you have to be out there hitting the streets. And uh, there isn't a lot of time left before October 22nd, I'll say. Yeah, except some of these incumbents know they've got a leg up right off the hop. Yeah, yeah no, I, I understand that. Let me ask you, though, Stephen, uh, again, Stephen Holiday with us, Deputy Mayor and Counselor for Ward 3 at Tobacco Centre. You told us before uh, on this program, you're kosher with 25 counselors. Uh, we just heard, as I say, from the minister who tabled the legislation, and he says the underlying intent all along was to, uh, well, as the name implies, make local government efficient, the Efficient Local Government Act, because they want to get on with the file of uh, addressing housing, transit, uh and so on and so forth. Do you believe it would be easier to do with a 25-member council? Oh, there's no question about that. Uh, anyone council would understand uh, we can spend an entire deba- day debating an issue only to have a unanimous vote at the end of the day. Sometimes it just seems like there's a cacophony of voices in the room um, rather than being really efficient about decision-making. All right, and so even the mayor, uh, John Tory, sort of uh, was in high dudgeon against Doug Ford. I don't know if that was just theatrics or he was grandstanding, but he's called an emergency meeting for tomorrow. You hear about this? Oh, yes, I've been called in for a meeting tomorrow, uh, as have the rest of council. Um, The agenda item is really simple. It's just to discuss what's gone on. Uh, Given that we don't have any authority over this and we really are going to have to respond to whatever legislation that the province passed, i uh, be interested to see what people have to say tomorrow, but I'm not sure what we can do, if anything. Well, what would you want to do? I mean, as you've already stated, you're happy for a 25-member council. Uh, I guess guys, like-minded individuals or councillors such as yourself, would be clicking their heels. Well, that's right. I am, uh, I am looking forward to having a reduced council size, but I suppose this is an opportunity for those that like to spend the day uh, pontificating and shouting and soapboxing about other things other than uh, business of the city. Uh, this is their opportunity to shine, uh, and maybe that's a good uh, uh, explanation as to why a smaller council is better. Well, all right. And so, because the argument had been that, well, this was somehow betraying the process, you know, that Doug Ford ramming this through on a short timeline uh, was, and that was the judge's ruling effectively, whether or not people subscribe to that. Uh, Did you believe that the process was somehow being circumvented and it would tarnish the outcome? Uh, So, in other words, maybe you might have uh, 
your mixed feelings about the way this has played out. Yeah, I, I saw the judge's ruling, and uh, you know, I've done my best to interpret what it says. And uh, you know, I, I really struggled with some of the rationale that was put forward. Now, I, I the judiciary system, and the judge reached a decision. Uh, but some of the rationale uh, didn't re- relate to my experiences as a candidate. You know, I'd say that uh, being a candidate is a dynamic process. Things change in, ele- in an election every day. Candidates are added to lists. Candidates are taken away. And this idea that, you know, if you started out and you made a website and printed campaign literature on, based on one map only to have the geography change, you know, you either have to adapt to that or, boy, this would be a tough business to be in. So um, I think there's a lot of questions about, you know, why someone would think that and, and, uh, you know, it's maybe worth exploring a little bit deeper in an appeal. Yeah, well, and uh, the second part of the equation from the judge was that somehow uh, the ward system that would mirror uh, the riding system as far as provincial and federal elections go would uh, still not be uh, a good representation. You wouldn't have qualified uh, or at least uh, adequate representation. So your ward, I don't know what it is right now in three, but... but uh, many of the wards are going to a double uh, number of constituents, in some cases uh, more than 100,000 per councillor. Is that still adequate representation? Well, there's there's an interesting point there, and it's found right in the judge's document. Uh, It's acknowledged that right now some wards are as as large as 97,000 people. And boy, I haven't heard any complaints about any councillors not being able to manage that, uh, that number of people. Uh, there's a lot of ways that you can rise to the occasion to take care of all the needs that may arise with 100,000 people. Sometimes you just add more staff to the office because we all know that they often do the heavy lifting and try to do the first call resolution when somebody comes in and has an issue. It's more efficient to have it worked out then and there. Um, so I guess the open question is from the ruling is, well, then what is the magic number? Uh, you know, maybe we'd have 100 councillors and we would serve better, but there has to be some reasonable balance. And there's already a demonstration today that 97,000 seems to be working, so why not just a few more? Well, yeah, and you stress the uh, point, uh, you know, the workload of the councillor, uh, the councillors, uh, some have complained that this is uh, an undue burden on them. You just increase your staff since they do the real uh the bulk of it anyway. Uh, so you're saying the workload is not going to uh, be overwhelming with this new configuration. Look, you have to enjoy what you do. I like the work that I do. I like serving people. I like being out in the community and problem solving. And, and if I have to do a little bit more of that, good on me. I mean, that's that's the joy of the work. And listen, if I don't do a good job at that, uh, then that will be the end of my time as a counselor because the citizens of the ward will recognize that and they won't have me back in the future. So I'm well incented to do a good job. All right. Hey, by the way, do you foresee that uh, there would be more attempts at stifling the Ford agenda through the courts? Uh, I don't know. I mean, the, the, uh, the Premier has indicated that he is also going to appeal this particular matter in right. addition to use the notwithstanding clause. So that will take some time to play out. And also seeking uh, a stay for what that's worth. Right, right, and and it may it, you know it may turn out that it, 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 all of this is correct all along. But I mean that that process takes time, and the worry is if this issue was allowed to drag on past the next election, we would have quite something going on in the next council term because none of the councillors will be focused on the matters at hand. They'll be so busy worrying about their jobs, and that's the real issue here. 
you know, I understand that a lot of people are really uncomfortable and it's been a very difficult process to get where we are today, but the horse is out of the barn. Once that first legislation was passed and there's a threat that council is going to be downsized, this has to get resolved before the next election. It is not going to be a good thing for the citizens of Toronto. Well, it, uh, I guess, did get resolved. Uh, we still have to await how this will be playing out in the legislature. It'll get passed because I guess the Conservatives have the number, but the NDP are promising to filibuster. I don't know how long that would hold things up, but the election slated to go still October 22nd with 25 councillors. I appreciate your input, Stephen. Uh, I know uh, you've got, I guess, uh, an incumbent running against you as well in Ward 3, do you not? Uh, it, it is anticipated that if it's a larger ward that uh, my colleague in Ward 4 will run against me, and uh, you know that, that is the process that we've got before us, and that's why we're out every day on the campaign trails and uh, making sure that we speak to people and, and, uh, and uh, work hard at what we do. Well. We respect you, at least for not whining about it. <laughs> so <laughs> I appreciate your time. Thanks for the explanations. Thank you. All right, we'll talk soon. Stephen Holliday, Deputy Mayor, Councillor Ward 3, Etobicoke Centre.